Welcome to Rock Shot Talk. Our show talks best practices, fun anecdotes, and the latest cutting-edge technology in our field to kick your screen printing gears in the hyperdrive. Today's episode continues our discussion on best screen printing shop operation practices. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be right back. I want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. Today we are discussing best screen printing shop operation practices, and we are joined by Bruce Ackerman of Printavo. I'm Ross Hunter, Rock US President. Uh, also joining us today is our creative director, Mr. Merrill Caps, and our automated solutions specialist, Ms. Tala Ramadan. How's everyone doing today? Good. Fantastic. How are you? What's up? I'm great. Look how fancy Bruce is showing up with this mic, like showing us yeah, up. It I is love good. it. It's kind of in the way. I'm trying to make it look cool, but I, I love it. It's uh, I it works it for me. Good. Yeah. I need a Printavo yeah. sticker right here. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know a guy. I'll, I'll put you in touch with my friend Bruce. <laughs> um, he'll hook you up. Yeah, yeah, it's fun awesome. to have a, a podcaster on a podcast with us. We both have podcasts, and now we're yeah. podcasting together. It's kind of it's fun. like podcast inception style. Yeah, <laughs> flipped upside down. Right? <laughs> Can we add some different languages in? Yeah, I, I mean, it's fine with me. <laughs> Love it. Um, so, wanted to do a quick uh, Rock US news update. Um, just wanted to give another shout out to Tyler and Alexa at In House Prints uh, for rocking the video uh, that we made together on uh, Rock Registration. Oh, yeah. Um, wanted to remind everyone to uh, sign up to view that video and get their free Illustrator um, Rock Reg template download. Um, still available on our website. If you scroll a little bit down the homepage. Um, we also have uh, Lotus as, as a featured product uh, for this month. So our reclaim machine, um, we've got a really cool ROI calculator for those of you that are listening that are still, you know, grinding away at uh, the manual process of cleaning screens. Go check it out. If you go to our website, it says cleaning screens suck. Click the button right below that phrase, and it will take you uh, to a cool ROI calculator, some other information to kind of show you what automation in your screen department can do for you. So a lot of fun stuff happening right now. Quick question on this note uh, with the cleaning screen suck note. So I, I'm on the fence on the, the grammar of how do you write that? Is it cleaning screen suck or is it cleaning screen sucks? Because as of now, I voted on the latter, but I'm not 100% sure on the situation. So what do we think? I think it's both. Like if you're in the moment, right? Mm. Like you could use one, you know, version of that. And if you're like thinking about it outside of the moment of actually doing the task, maybe you could say it another way. Okay. So like if you're there, it's it's singular. But if like... If it's like past or future, then you're like, that sucks. Maybe you, just you can also say this around. sucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could. This is a suck conversation. Suck. <laughs> I think it's Go a on. good point. I think it's plural. Plural. I, I, I like feel having like it... a linguist on our team. Like yeah. Meryl writes all these tongue twisters for me for the show. Like, you know, welcome to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop. Now, that <laughs> took me a really long oh, time for those of you listening. <laughs> to really get that right and be able to flow with it. Um, but you do it so well now. I, 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 yeah, I just did it again. I guess so. That you worked. did. And you did. We right. only did it once. That might have been like show history. I don't know. Was it show history? It's probably close to show history. I think Definitely so. Definitely scrambled that up. You guys should all try that tongue twister at home yeah. like three times fast. Was it rock shop? Your one stop rock shop. shop. So it's welcome to rock shop talk your one-stop rock shop. I mean, that's that's tough. Yeah, I'm not yeah. even going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, as you were. Okay, well, uh, those sucks. are big updates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. It is plural. <laughs> Cleaning the screen sucks. Um, so yeah, check out the website. Got new stuff up there. Um, be sending this out you know, emails awesome. and... Oh, thanks, man. I'm actually, yeah, we're actually, 
We're going to start to get that on all of our products. So we're going to have some ROI calculators going up on our different presses, our fold pack line, um, really trying to automate as much as we can uh, on the website in terms of resources for other people. So obviously a process, but um, we're, we're doing well. I mean, it's been long. Yeah, it is. It's just so fascinating. We were literally talking to somebody, uh, about just hiring an assistant um, because of the time spent that we do operational things every day. Mm-hmm. And, and like, when is the right time to bring on an assistant? And the whole consensus was, if you're already thinking about it, like you're probably six months late <laughs> because of, oh, yeah. you know, like any shop owner just fills their day with like, I just got to get this stuff done. I just got to like, I had to do these operational things. I got to get moved to the next thing. And then, and then it's almost like the the I'm sure that's very similar on the automation of of equipment side too, where where you don't realize the cost there, mm-hmm. like our time as a cost or that employee's time as a cost. It's just kind Absolutely. of interesting to see it as dollars and cents. What's well, kind of funny you're talking about like you know those business decisions of like when is timing right? I was just in uh, my Vistage meeting uh, with the CEO group yesterday. And we had a, a guest speaker who was amazing. And one of the things he talked about in business is the fork in the road decisions. So, you know, a lot of times we have these thoughts or these ideas or, hey, we might need this or might need that. And a lot of people, you know, they vet it with their team first, right? So you go to your team, you say, hey, as a company, I'm thinking of going this direction. You're going to get different opinions. You're going to get half of the people that say, yeah, that's awesome. You're going to get the other half of the people, maybe a little bit more conservative that say, you know, let's pump the brakes, let's wait. And it was interesting. He said, you know, when you're presented with these fork in the road decisions, just do it. Just do Mm -hmm. it right then. Make the decision and go. You're never going to make everyone happy. If you've got a good team, they're going to get on board. But if you wait, you know, like you said, you're already six months too late, perhaps. Um, and this goes for everything, right? Buying new equipment to automate or adding a, adding a team member, you know, to a department that you need. And, uh, it's kind of that gut instinct of business, which a lot of people, you know, struggle with, but, um, you know, the whole thing is after the fact, right. You fail forward. So even if it's a bad decision, you learn from it, you know, you adjust and, and you move forward. But a lot of people hold on to these decisions for so long that they're losing money, they're losing opportunities, and they're not really weighing in that opportunity cost of not doing, um, you know, whatever it is that they're, they're trying to accomplish in their business. So um, there's an interesting balance because it's like, at first, I feel like for a while, there's definitely a cost of being indecisive, um, especially around hiring, because it takes so long to find good people. But um but I feel like there's a stage two where if I make decisions too quickly, I end up sometimes doing too much backtracking. And and mm. I found like this weird, like, just take 10 minutes, ask them, like, what were you thinking? What is your opinion here? And then then make the decision. Instead of, of you know, when it's a two-person operation, five-person operation, it's like, yeah, go. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, go. You know, it's you, you barely have to think about it. I think that's really wise taking a step back at the same time. How do you, how do you specifically Bruce handle uh, preventing and or uh, dealing with the too many cooks in the kitchen syndrome? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, we've built, we were never like flat organization, you know, proponents. It, It was always, Hey, I think bigger companies have gotten bigger and, and, have done that because of organization. So why, why am I going to try to fight it and try to make this newer um, discovery or something about management? And so I, honestly, I believe that was solved by having like the best top tier managers that I can trust with each aspect, which is probably the other huge piece, just like buying an amazing new press mm-hmm. um, is like, investing in an amazing senior, you know, manager that's been around the block that, that you can really have own production or you can have own sales or, or whatever aspect that you don't want to be a part of or shouldn't be a part of. But 
at least for us, I think that helps solve it because then it's very easy to hierarchy. And I think that the team underneath respects that person, you know, who, who has five years or whatever experience with operations or something to help mm. guide them and lean on them. Cause it, really people, I, I think, I think for the most part, most people want a lot of structure. Um, you know, sure. You want to be creative and give the flexibility, but for most people, you can't just say, Hey, we're going to start doing cold calling. Can you start that process? Right. Mm. It's, it's like, they're probably going to flounder around and your expectations of what's going to happen is totally different than what's really going to happen versus, you know, here's the script, here's who you're going to be calling every day. Here's the quota that I want you to reach out, you know, um, for sure. And, and like breaking it down. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, it's that strong leadership is key. It was actually part of our talk yesterday too, that, you know, the business starts with leadership in the center. The leadership builds the culture. The culture tells the story. The story talks about the brand. And then on top of all that, the strategy sits. But it's like you have to have that full circle and it all boils down to that leadership. So it's a you know great point that you make about surrounding yourself. You know, if you're hiring, surrounding yourself with good leaders. If you're a leader on your own, it's learning how to be a good leader, right? So it's immersing yourself in seminars and reading and, and constantly challenging yourself to make yourself a better person. Because I don't think, you know, all leaders are different, right? You got very entrepreneurial people, you have um, people, people, you have data-driven people. And, you know, to be a good leader, you've got to be able to learn all of those different things. And it's a struggle, you know, it's a struggle, you know, from an organizational standpoint, like me specifically, operations is not my forte. Um, but I'm having to learn it. And I've immersed myself in it. And, you know, I'm reading, I'm, I'm doing more to try and figure it out. But it's not my go to go to is people, the entrepreneurial thought, you know, that kind of pie in the sky sort of place. So, um, yeah. you know, we always have to be working on ourselves and really strengthening that core because that core then goes out and influences literally everything about your business all the way down to your brand, which I found really interesting that mm -hmm. it's like, you know, starts here, goes to culture, goes to the story. And then that story is really talking about, you know, your brand at the end of the day. Um, totally. It's really powerful stuff. It's so before we get, Oh, oh sorry. sorry. Go ahead, dude. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Well, you know, I, I find it that? interesting because like, I also try to relate that kind of stuff too to like thinking back running a manual shop. I mean, you were running a shop too, and it's just like, mm -hmm. how how does this apply to me? You know, when there's three people in the shop, and I think one thing I wish I would have sort of started to emulate earlier is like, okay, the person that has thirty people in their business, what are they doing? And then just start trying to do little things that are literally free, like. Um, the training stuff, like literally writing everything down, which turns into that's what SOPs are, right? But it's like writing right. everything for hiring. Okay, the, for their first day, here's what they're supposed to be doing. Here's what we're doing and over and over and over. Um, sales, here's the script and here's how you price and here, right? And like documented all that. And I think we finally did that at maybe six, seven people, but um locking yourself in a room helps because you can't afford like a good senior manager at that stage or anything like that. So at least that, that made it a lot easier. That's a good point. That's good for people to visit other companies. You can learn a lot from it. I remember I took a trip to uh, PayPal and uh, we were invited there and um, it was, it was awesome. We got a full tour of, of their campus. We got to listen to some of their senior level management talk about their company and their culture and, you know, how they run things. And it, it's, it's kind of fun to be able to look up to that. Right. Cause you got a multi-billion dollar organization with a campus, right. Where they're giving everyone, you know, lunches all day. I mean, we've all heard and talked about Google. I'm sure a lot of people know, like, I mean, it's, it sounds like this crazy, awesome place to work. And, you know, as a smaller business, like how do I take pieces of that, you know, and trickle it down to myself and to your point without having some crazy cost? Cause it's not like we can all go out and hire a chef tomorrow to like, you know, make lunch every day for folks. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. um, I've been meaning really to talk to you about that. Uh, I'm right on it, Meryl. Okay. You're in charge of craft services though for this show. Yeah. I don't, not catering. 
I had to get my own <laughs> water beverage. What what happened there? Call the union. That's all I have to say. <laughs> no, Ross is always really great about making sure that we have snacks on hand. Um, where I, do you I learn try. that from? What kind of snacks are we talking though? Like we have Trader Joe's in here. We we got cookies. We've got chips. We've got hummus, crackers, nuts, oh, healthy fruit. stuff, banana, uh, apple. Yeah, I saw in there. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, mm-hmm. he came back from a trip from CIT, and like first change, first thing was we need a vending machine, like a good <laughs> one. They, like, they had a really nice open. one. Yeah. <laughs> well, they actually have companies now that and. It's really cool for for everyone listening. They are vending companies that'll come in and they'll actually build out a room and they have fridges. So don't think vending machine that you slide a dollar into, right? So it's mm-hmm. actually a convenience store. So they'll come into your space, they'll put in the convenience store and they bring in fresh sandwiches, salads, um, all the drinks. And you can hand pick like, you know, we don't want any sodas. We only want, you know, healthy stuff. They bring in candies and chips and everything. You you pay nothing. Wow. So they make their money from your team going in to this area and taking whatever they want. And the team checks out with their own credit card. So it's self-checkout, just like at a grocery store. So they walk in, self-checkout, scan their items, pay. And what's neat is they, they come every two weeks and they recycle. They take out what's going bad. They put in all new fresh stuff and then they track what your team's eating most and then they'll fill it up with like items so it's like if you know sandwiches are the big hit well yeah and you can um you can uh like spiff your people by loading money onto a card so it's it's for them and we actually um had a program where we'd subsidize healthy choices so mm-hmm. it wouldn't be full price. So if you picked a salad, it would be, you know, 25% off whatever the normal retail uh, would have been on that to kind of promote, you know, a healthy lifestyle. So there's a lot of cool stuff. Super cool. Um, and that was free. Literally cost nothing. They put in their own security cameras. They monitor their own stuff. You, you do nothing. You just make a phone call. Um, huh. Pretty neat. Was really well, before we dive any, any further, let's uh, let Bruce introduce himself. Um Tell us a little bit about Printavo, you know, the origin story, um, where you guys are at now and where you're going. I know that's a very loaded question, but let's give our, our listeners some background here. Yeah, I uh, I started a small screen printing shop in Champaign, Illinois. So I went to the University of Illinois uh, in Urbana, Champaign. It's like Big Ten school, but kind of in the middle of nowhere, but was always into skateboarding and then designing clothes for it. And one of the skate shop owners actually had uh, a a Riley Hopkins, a four by four. Um, And so we bought it and put it in the back and then uh, just started printing, printing a lot more for the university really quickly. And that's where we needed some sort of just like any businesses you get started, there's process is just like non-existent it's just everywhere and we i remember we had like quickbooks and we had paypal and we had uh this invoicing solution because quickbooks wasn't online yet we had google calendar we had email i, I mean i'm sure you remember this from early shop days. oh i i remember it from my mind business absolutely <laughs> there's just stuff everywhere and 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 as we started to bring on a couple people to help print so then i could be out selling and doing art you know, we needed a solution that was really easy to use and it was cloud-based and um, that just wasn't out there. I, I thought the the main solutions that were out there were just so clunky and hard to use. So uh, that's why I started building Printavo and, and, you know, working on it nights and weekends for about six years, just iterating, improving, adding this feature, that feature, demoing that customer, listening to them and, and just keep growing, growing, growing. And then I want to say about four years ago, I went full time uh, and started to grow the team from there. So we're 23, I would say a half to eh, two thirds are in Chicago or Illinois ish area. And then the rest are more remote around the U.S. And um, wow. yeah, we've just been pushing super hard. I, I, I think that we are 
like we want to make it very easy for a shop to be able to help make forward progress, right, in their business, whether it's stores, whether it's production management, automation, you know, just seeing how your shop's running from your phone. There's some really cool tech that that our space just has not been exposed to because we're kind of five-ish, maybe 10 years behind of like, I mean, like at home, it's nuts, right? You can tell your thermostat to change the temperature and you can, you know, connect your fan to Alexa and you can do all this really cool stuff, but that's nowhere near close to what we have in, in the garment decoration space. And so that's what we're super passionate about um, and are pushing really, really hard towards. And I don't, there's a couple, there's definitely competitors in the space, but I, I feel like we, we're really pushing the hardest to make this happen. So for, for those listeners that don't know about your software, just from like a high level overview, what is it doing for them? Yeah. So when you're starting the shop, right, you've got one, two, three people and you really want to look more professional then like that is the time to look like you're a 10 person, 15 person shop. So you can close deals easier, right? Don't make it harder on yourself because people are already a little squeamish, you know, a, a big high school or something wants to work with somebody more reputable or that will be around. They could build a relationship with. And so Printavo can, you know, manage the quote, get things approved, schedule. It's managing that order from start to finish, shipping it all out, all that stuff. Um, we even added Printavo merch, which is the online stores aspect. So you can do teams and company stores and, um, you know, fundraisers, all that cool stuff in there. And then there's really cool notifications too. So at that size, like you could text a customer when the order is heading out to be shipped, right? So you look like, an Amazon-esque type of experience. And wow. then as the shop gets bigger, right, you've got 10 people that all touch an order from quote art, pre-production, production, shipping, all that stuff. So it keeps everybody on at that stage on the same page too. And then you can start to get reports out of it. You can download all your data um, and it keeps everybody on the same page. Um, and it's, I, I think what's really exciting too is that like, we kind of jokingly say we can, we, people will come off of Excel or, or paper or QuickBooks or a whiteboard and use Printavo. And that's kind of our main competitor is just exposing you to a new workflow of how to do things. So it's pretty cool. We work with a few thousand shops around the world now. I would say, although 80 ish percent are US based, but, um, Gosh, we had a shop that we accept Nigeria, Caribbean, a bunch of Canada, Mexico, um, Europe, some in Asia. So it's been a really, really cool journey, though, so far. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's awesome. So That's it's amazing. shop management from sale or actually even pre-sale, pre-sale all the way through fulfillment essentially. Totally, totally. Yeah, managing full start to finish. And I mean, it's crazy because let's say you have two different shops, but they're both printing, you know, very simple black ink on a white tee. They could manage that whole order differently hmm. of how they want to do it, shop A versus shop B. And so the system has to be flexible enough, right, to to let you do that. But we, of course, help guide people, you know, here's the best practices and so on. And we try to do a lot of educational content around that too. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be as difficult as sometimes it is. That's awesome. And I feel like you guys, I mean, I've, I've known you for a long time. I've known your company for a long time. Um, you, uh, you've been to Portugal with us. I mean, it's, yeah, that was it's sick. neat That's to see. Yeah. That you guys really found yourselves on, you know, similar principles to us, you know, rocks about creating solutions. And I feel like, you know, I've seen your platform grow throughout the years and it's all been based off of your consumers and what people need. So it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, for those of you out there that haven't experienced Bruce and his team in Printavo, um, you know, they're there to make it work for you. And that that's, that's, what's really been cool. And it's neat seeing that whole evolution, you know, happen from where yeah, you started. Thank you. Absolutely, man. So what other, I mean, you, you talked, you know, you guys' main competition is really, kind of people that are getting started in operations. So your competition is the whiteboard, it's it's uh, Excel or, or cloud-based um, QuickBooks. 
Um, are there any other things within our field that are kind of main players just in the, the operational space? Any other programs? Oh, totally. I mean, you know, you've got, uh, like Deco Network, Inksoft, Shopworks, Fast Manager, TSUM, Print Life. Uh, you know, there's, there's probably, um, 10 different tools or solutions, right. That you can, um, pick to help. I mean, you could literally, you could piece together QuickBooks and like Google sheets. Mm. Um, and so we'll see that too up until a stage, right. Cause, cause it works to like piece multiple things, but you know, you try to bring things together as, as you can afford it. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's a significant amount of players there. So where do you guys set yourself apart kind of in that, in that pool of players? Well, so we actually have this new pricing plan coming out. That's going to be 49 bucks a month that that's actually specifically for like the two person, one person shop, just getting started. Cause what we discovered is like the shop that used to pay, you know, a hundred, 200 bucks. That was that getting started shop, you know, going from a garage and, and just, that they're either part-time or they're in this like phase where they're going full-time they can when they use printavo they're like holy crap this was this makes me look so much more professional i'm not wasting time forgetting about orders i've missed a due date blah blah blah. so that 49 dollars plan will make it a lot more accessible and then as you grow i mean there's some shops that have you know eight, 10 presses that will continue to use Printavo to help, you know, and scale that life cycle. I like, I'm sure so many shops have used shop, Shopify, but I think that's a really good example, right? Of like, you can get started on Shopify, literally selling um, masks, for example, right? And then you continue to grow your business and they, you know, help companies like Allbirds and, you know, multi- They grow with you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's how I like to think about it for us is we can help at the different stages of the business. And and it's sort of like that where you're never too early to, to do some of these more professional things um, and make some of these investments. I'm sure you guys see this with the equipment side too. It's like, it's for sure a scary step. And I'm sure now going back, you would have done it earlier, but you know, by following the pack and just listening to some others, I think you, people are able to probably shave off months, if not years of time and, and pain by like, you know, looking more professional or going to trade shows. I feel like I didn't even know about trade mm-hmm. shows for the first three years, you know, being in the space. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting to, you know, you talk about, you know, people wanting to go automated or, you know, invest in any kind of capital equipment for their business. Um, you'll get there a lot quicker the faster you automate your operations and streamline your workflow. So mm-hmm. nice plug for you, Bruce. Cause I mean, it, it's true. You know, these shops that haven't considered, you know, automation yet, or maybe they're, they just got started and they're, you know, in their first automatic, but they haven't gone to automate their screen room or their packaging or fully and all these other stuff because they're still working across eight different platforms you know, doing things kind of in, in, you know, not such an organized way. I mean, to me, automating your operations comes before you make those other investments. I mean, it's, you know, it, it really does because once you, you invest in, in your operations and what you're doing, that organization is going to drive more business. You're going to look more professional. I mean, all the things that you kind of describe. And then you're going to have the revenues that make automating, you know, some other part of your business seem like a no-brainer compared to that risk that you're talking about. So, right. I mean, when you're talking about a $49 investment for someone to get started, you know, that $49 investment is going to yield a large return, you know, making you growing your business in other ways, I, I think, a lot easier. And I think it's something people forget. I mean, hell, I didn't know it. Right. I mean, that's why we like doing these podcasts. When I started my business, I was using Microsoft Word. I wasn't even using Excel. Right. We were in <laughs> Word. Was, I was making invoices. Like every time. I was oh yeah. I was making invoices in Word. We everything was paper-based. We printed everything, you know, and it took me years, right? To kind of and there wasn't cloud-based software at that time either. So it, you know, that was all kind of new. Um 
but yeah, there wasn't a tool that was $49 a month that did it all. I mean, that just didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you giving folks that accessibility um, is, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Good for you, man. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I'm kind of curious. Do you guys see shops going from manual to auto or straight to auto more now or? It's picking back up. I mean, COVID definitely hurt that market segment, um, you know, pretty much through last year. We saw a pickup in Q4. Um, so we're seeing a little bit more of that happen. We're seeing a lot, though, of folks that maybe had older automated equipment um, that are looking to upgrade. Um, that's happening a lot now. And then a lot of your bigger operations are, you know, investing. Um, but it is starting to pick up, I mean, for sure. So I think we're going to get back in the swing of that. And obviously, that was a huge part of our business pre-COVID. And so we had to kind of pivot. Um, it was a great pivot, very excited about it. Um, and that other piece of the business is still there. I think we're just, you know, waiting on on some of those folks to, you know, feel comfortable in kind of this new norm that we're living in now and, and get ready to make make investments. For sure. The light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we will get more into operations and talking with Bruce Printavo. We'll be right back. With the Lotus Holland Auto Screen McLean system, your screens are completely and reliably clean for reuse again and again. To find out more ways this Product of the Year award winner can help you reclaim far more than your used screens, please visit rock.us or call 187-ROCKET-NOW. That's 877-674-8669. I want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. Today, we are discussing best screen printing shop operation practices with Bruce of Printavo. I'm Rock US President Ross Hunter. Also alongside of us today is our creative producer, Mr. Meryl Caps, and our automated solutions specialist, Ms. Tala Ramadan. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome, welcome. And uh, welcome officially, first podcast ever appearance from both Bruce and Tala. This is a very special occasion. We were there. We were there, Ross. And you were there. What a big shout out. Tala just joined our team actually yeah. too, like three weeks ago. So those of you calling in and and uh, interested in stuff, you'll definitely be talking to Tala. She is an amazing human, knows her stuff. I'm really excited to have her on the team. So Very welcome much so. officially on the air to uh, Rock US. Well, I did accidentally walk in your office when you're recording last week, so there was like a sliver of me. <laughs> no, we're gonna have we're gonna well, have the hidden Tala. That was your true every intro. episode from now on. You're just gonna have to bust in the door, and then watchers <laughs> are gonna have to come in and find out where you're at. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Wait, Glad to be Ross, here. Where's the office you. again? Uh, we have, uh, offices in Vancouver. Um, and then we've got our, our main location in Florida. We've got a, about a 20,000 square foot facility there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, That's in Orlando, um, which I can't wait to open. Here's what's funny. I got the facility, um, sight unseen and I've still sight unseen it. I have never been there. I've never set foot in it and it's fully operational and we've got a team there. We've got offices, we've got a conference room, they've decked it out with furniture. We've got a showroom. So I can't wait to get to Florida and do like a ribbon cutting and like wow. have a big barbecue and invite everyone out to Florida. Hopefully you'll come. You'll, you'll definitely get an invite on that. Yeah, one, but... I want to go. I want to record it. I think that'd be really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm ready to throw a huge event. It's been since January of twenty twenty since I've, yeah. <laughs> I've gotten the opportunity to throw a huge event, and that's like such a big part of what makes me happy. So um, I, I can't wait. I just uh, traveling right now is still tough, um, you know, for a lot of folks, yeah. including myself. So just trying to weather through the last bit of hopefully the storm and these vaccines get out more and everyone gets more comfortable then we'll we'll plan a big i'm hoping by summer summer florida have like a golf tournament right plus like a big grand opening so we do like a big golf tournament big grand opening i mean i want to go big like like music 
you know, yeah. whole thing. Mini golf too for me. Mm. We can we can do that. Might be kind of fun. I wonder if someone can bring in mini golf. So we do it at the facility like in the parking lot. The That'd facility? be kind of cool. Like it, yeah, actually, actually, it would be kind of neat. Are we are we still gonna um, install the putt putt thing on the roof of the bus? <laughs> Oh, 100%. We, need we bought okay. that, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, wait. I need a bus update because I see I see the photos. We actually have one. And, okay. yes, still waiting right on my pickup. <laughs> okay. I, I have an update for everyone, a true bus okay. update. So, we finally have the bus in our possession. Like with keys. It and it a, turns it on. It took a year. Yeah. It turns on. It, it goes. <laughs> um, they finally finished fixing our awnings and some other things that, that were wrong on it. Um, I will be in the bus next Tuesday with Meryl. We're going to work out of it because we've got some painting to do and some TVs to hang and towels to put away. And we bought a bunch of new cool stuff. Everything's black and green. So it's total rocked out on the inside. We are doing a team uh, snowboarding trip on the 19th. So the bus will make a maiden voyage up to Mount Hood. And um, I love Mount Hood. Yeah, we're gonna. We're, there's a bunch of us going up to go skiing and snowboarding. It'll Wait, when is be that? Like Feb inaugural. 19? Yeah, it's next Friday. You want to come? It's really soon. Um, but I am a sucker for snowboarding. So, all right, let me know offline. Let me know if you want to do that. Yeah. And then after that, we're planning a video shoot tour of about half of the United States. So we've got a video crew coming in. Um, they're going to take the bus. And we are going to go to how many different uh, businesses? I'm not sure what uh, I'm not sure what the running total is, but it's around there. Yeah, it's about twelve or thirteen different different shops. A video crew is going to come in. Um, So we're starting it with with video shoots. So Mm -hmm. essentially, the tour bus is going to cruise around. We're going to send film crews in to different people's businesses. We're going to get a bunch of content, a bunch of stills, a bunch of great videos with our partners. And um, that's going to kind of be its maiden, its maiden voyage. We're going to start in Chicago, go down to Florida, through Texas to Denver, up to Montana, and then back over. It's going to be about an eight week, eight, nine week uh, stent that it'll be out. So that's, that's going to be the first, first thing. So everyone keep their fingers crossed that we don't lose a transmission that the engine doesn't blow up because yeah. you get a lot of miles on that thing. We're talking, that's probably oh, about yeah. a 4,800 mile trip. I think that we've got planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At Small. least. Yeah. That's amazing. So yeah. I always had the gas stations places. will love us. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you know what, man, when we get closer to doing some, when we get close actually over the West coast, let's see how things are. Maybe you can yeah. meet up with us in, in Denver or, one of those oh, places wherever. and head up I can on meet little, you guys. Yeah. That'd be okay, awesome. Fine. <laughs> Sweet. Just give me the live tracker. Right. <laughs> well, I'll be home, right? I'm not doing this, right? You you don't have to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably come in like on the last leg, but way after vaccination, because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um well, question for you, sir, Bruce. Um, I would like to dive into your your expertise into the the data behind our industry. Obviously, that that's a major part of of your software, uh, being able to track certain things. So, what what do you can you share with us some of your latest uh, trends that you see noticing, um, and also or happening rather? And then also, could you give us um, your top three analytics analytics to track to keep the shop going in the right direction for the next level? Yeah, definitely. That's a pretty good question. Um, so uh, we, in Printavo, we've processed just about uh, $2.5 billion of, of payments through like existence, um, which is really cool wow. just in that, you know, that's billion that's, with a B. Yeah, that's like a like lot. Billion. Yeah. That's so, awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of payments that are either being processed through Printavo or wow. recorded in Printavo, and they're doing it somewhere else or, or whatever, and that continues to grow, which is really cool, especially with the stores um, with with merch on there now. 
Um, I think the data is super interesting, especially with orders created. So I, I track that a lot. Now this, uh, an order for us that we're saying could be a quote, could be an invoice, but um, we tend to track it to see how, uh, just like economically how shops are ha have been going so far. And actually, for people who are going to watch this after, I can just share my screen so you can see this real quick. So um, this is for like the last two years of data. Now, what's tricky though here is that we, uh, we're adding more shops every month to the platform, right? So that's going to inflate numbers on the tail end of it all. But obviously COVID, you can kind of see where things really fell off very quickly around end of March, very yeah. similarly to the, to the, to the downturns that you have around Christmas time, Christmas to yeah. new year's. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. But definitely took some time for it to climb back out. I, I think what's, what's fascinating that we found though is a lot more of shops under I would say roughly five to 10 people at the shop have really probably been impacted more than bigger shops on average. Now, of course you've got some bigger shops that maybe they just did all cruise lines or something like that and were completely wiped out. But from the lack of schools and, and, and group activities, which was a huge economic driver for them, that has still been a struggling area. Now I think larger shops have quickly pivoted into doing a lot more e-commerce based fulfillment. So running online right. stores and just taking more of that on, you know, and like thinking about t-shirts more as a bridge, right? Like, yeah, I don't need t-shirts, but Hey, can I help you, you know, marathon run a remote marathon and we'll handle all of the merchants sending it out. And so you guys can mm -hmm. make money, right? It's a total, you're selling sort of the same thing, but the pitch is completely different. And I think a lot of the mid to larger size shops really adjusted to that quickly. And now some of the smaller shops are picking up on it and, and are running on that too. Um, but this is pretty fascinating just as, as it's, it's still fairly shaky. Like there are definitely, um, you know, you've got Thanksgiving and, and just more um, normal peaks and valleys, but I think normal sales cycles have shifted in that, Yes, normally January was dead, but January seemed to be extra dead for people. And and but, you know, uh maybe December was more November, December was tend to be uh pretty good for sales and for quite a few shops we saw that they'd be extra good for shops, especially as people bought more stuff online. So, it's like the the extremes are all over the place. Um so they people can't count on the usual sales cycles, but I was chatting with a shop over in Texas yesterday and the ones that I think are really pulling out though, are the ones who are using this as their opportunity <clears throat> to say, <clears throat> either this is the workflow that we need, or these are the people, or these are the services we need to offer, or this is how we're going to be doing marketing or, Hey, I've never done outreach before. I've just let people refer customers and now I'm flipping that on its head. Right. I mean, those aren't things that aren't going to like just go away when we can have a concert or something again. Right. Th those are things that you just add to your book of, of tricks essentially to be able to grow more and create a really good, um, a really uh, stable business. So yeah, I think it's exciting, but uh, small shops are definitely feeling a, a wavy uh, like, economy right now i'm mm -hmm. sure you guys i see something january january nationally across almost all industries mm -hmm. saw a pretty big plummet i i mean i've read about it in the news in a couple different places i mean i think that you know right after the election you got a lot of people waiting to kind of just see what's going to happen you know there's there's tension there and i think that you know in our industry specifically january is never great um, it's always kind of actually, I mean, I used to shut my business down, so we would close from like basically the 25th of December until about the second week of January. Cause there just wasn't mm. anything. And that's when everyone took a break, you know, and then we kind of pick back up that second week of January 
you know, February would stay a little slow and March is really where everything tends to just sort of really pick up. Um, you know, typically speaking, at least on our cycle, um, but it was interesting to see just kind of nationally sort of that downturn in January. Um, it should make everyone feel a little bit more at ease because it, it wasn't, I, I don't feel like it was one industry specifically. What do you suggest that people track bare bones? Like if you're not tracking or monitoring anything else analytic wise, what metrics do you recommend people absolutely should if they want to grow? Um, I personally think like the, the first step right out of the gate is just very simple sales numbers, um, and receivables numbers. Uh, it's kind of shocking sometimes how many invoices are just left outstanding for such a long time. Um, we've been really pushing shops, just request hundred percent down payment on every order. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if there's schools or something special, but really push yourself to that's a very, very minimal amount of business that you're leaving outstanding and everything else, uh, you're just trying to get your receivables down. And that may even mean hiring like a VA to just follow up on receivables twice a week, right? To just get them paid and get that number down. Um, I think, I think another one is understanding where the sales are by, type of work. So if you're doing screen printing, embroidery, if you're doing car wraps, whatever it is, to start understanding what do the sales numbers look like for those areas. Um, you could get into industry related, but I, I think those basic two to three are really huge just to help mm-hmm. give some clarity into cash flow. Cash flow is such a big problem with shops, especially as they grow. Right. Um and the flip side of that question is, are there any hidden metrics that you would recommend larger businesses to begin to track that they may or may not be right now? Mm-hmm. This is something we're going to be working really heavily this year and are, have already started on like just general production efficiency. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think there's a lot of hidden costs of time doing certain things, time to run certain orders and what the actual profit that you made on a job is. Some shops will manually try to do this via like sheets of writing start and stop times on a job, which can get you, you know, sort of the way there. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're building some really cool stuff to allow to be able to help that. So like, you know, on a rock, you could have a a tablet that helps prompt the, the start stop and be able to understand the uptime and downtime to be able to pull that off. Again, today wise though, I I see shops will record that in a in on a piece of paper and then they scan it and like you could have a VA copy that data into an Excel sheet and then you can run your analysis there to give you maybe 60, 70% of the way. Um, and that's really cool. I, I'm I'm really excited for us to be able to get there and make it so much easier to be able to do. That's awesome. Well, thanks for that. We'll be right back uh, to talk more about operations in your screen printing shop with Bruce from Printable. We'll be uh, back in a minute. Fast track your setups to fast track your profits with a Rock Reg, the fastest and most accurate registration system in the screen printing industry. For your free step-by-step video and a free registration template download, please visit rock.us or call 187-ROCKET-NOW. That's 877-674-8669. I want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. Today we are discussing best screen printing shop operation practices and are joined by Bruce of Printavo. Uh, I'm Rock U.S. President Ross Hunter. We also have uh, our creative director, Mr. Merrill Caps, joining us and our automated solutions specialist with shaky internet today, Tala Ramadan. <laughs> welcome back, everyone. Welcome, welcome. And that was a total joke because Tala keeps randomly dropping off of the podcast because she's too far away from her router, but yeah. prefers this view of where she's at in her home better. So yeah. <laughs> um, kick us off, Tala. Yeah, so so Bruce, um, so outside of software, what would you recommend to be like the five top five best practices for screen printers? 
That's a good one. All right, we got five. All right, so first one, um, I think outside of software, we talked a little bit about this at the beginning, but just try to document everything. Like literally, we have folders and we broke those folders into departments and in each folder um, would be like sales. And in that folder, we'll have the sales scripts that we want people to say when they're reaching out and how that whole process works of of going through like a, a new order, for example. Um, we went as deep as like trying to make it so that that person didn't have to think very much to, just to get started. So there's videos explaining the tools they use. There's what they say and all that stuff, objections, all that good stuff and how to talk about it. Um, and it wasn't like this was created overnight, but like we started off with the new hire guide, which was uh, like a doc that said day one, you get started first 15 minutes, we're going to do a shop tour. Uh, next 45 minutes, we're going to um, talk about our culture and who we are as a business and what's important to us next, you know, and so on, so on. And then we're going to talk about all the tools we have in our shop and the people, and then we're going to get lunch and it was very, very regimented. Um, so that's, that I, I cannot say enough that is so important, not just for hiring new people, but just like if somebody needs to be replaced or whatever happens, mm -hmm. it makes your life so much easier. And by the way, I made that thinking that I didn't want to be present when they got started. So I, I will be, of course, I think that's important, but I, if they just watch all this stuff and read this stuff, then they'd be ready to go. Um, all right. I think the the next step is uh, it's interesting hearing um, shops when they go back, and I I always love asking like what would you have done earlier, and almost everybody says I would have tried to go auto quicker, like with an automatic press, and I would have uh, got a, a direct to screen quicker. So, um, I mean, just listening from them, it's it people think that that's such a huge investment just on time savings and accuracy and speed and, and I mean, physical, like not leaning over the press, pulling a squeegee for hours and hours and hours. So, um, I think that's really cool. I think the other thing that, I, that we've heard a ton is, is just general online stores, whatever platform you're using, run online stores and do that for your customers. I mean, e-commerce has grown so much. And to offer, like shops, I think that do this well, think about themselves as a fulfillment partner, less as a print shop. And so if you go into that conversation, it's like, okay, hey, barbershop, like I know you, you've got a brand that you're building. Um, how about we can help you be able to grow that brand with merch? And so the videos that you release will, will manage an inventory and ship, or we'll help you design and print and ship. And, and so how do you get more vertically integrated so you can um, uh, really start taking a bigger chunk, making more. And then that's just what customers want now too. They don't want to be able to handle that. The school organizers don't want to handle it. The coaches don't want to handle it. So you can take that on and charge more for it. Um, uh, the other thing that I think that, that people f find just general well-being of, of a business owner is just getting really good at delegation too. I think we're all the types that say, I'm just going to do it. Like I'll, I'll do it. Like, Oh, here, just give it to me. Right. right. And that works for, you know, the first couple of people, but it actually becomes very detrimental to what the potential growth is of the shop um, or of any business when you get to five, eight people or so. And so that's at the point where it's, okay, being good at delegating is almost a skill that we have to just like learn. And it's the mm -hmm. hardest weirdest most awkward thing just to be like you know not trying to micromanage or just letting them take it or spending enough time so they know how to make the right decision or you know investing in a person that can completely own it for you all that so right uh we see that a lot and then we also see um this is a more of a smaller thing but like 
whatever, again, you're using, we see a lot of people drop quotes on the floor like crazy. So they don't convert enough quotes to invoices because somebody asked for something and then that's it. And then you move on. And so just by following up on sales and, uh, you know, being very timely with it and picking up the phone is crazy just about picking up an extra. I mean, imagine you, you close an extra five orders a month, mm-hmm. right? Like one ish a week and what that can do to your bottom line at the end of the year, just from basic following up and tracking that stuff. So it's a really good point. I think that was five. It's huge. Yeah. I would add one. Can I add one? Yeah, yeah, we can do six. Only one. Build build a culture. Understand who you are in your business, what your business is there to do. Create a mission, create a vision, create values, and real ones. Not I'm going to be the best at screen printing in the world, and our company is going to deliver the best printed shirts at you know, the least expensive prices, like that's the worst vision that could ever be created, like have purpose. And I think when you do, it's a lot easier to go in, even if you're a one or two person operation, actually grow it. It's a lot harder to create that stuff after you have Mm -hmm. three or four, you know, 10 team members working for you. So go in and do those things. And I, I think it's it's tough as a new business owner sometimes to think about all that because you're worried about making money right out of the gate. Um, but if you do that stuff right in the beginning, your operations will flow better. The people you do hire will be happier. They'll do their jobs better. It's easier to delegate. I mean, all the things that Bruce just mentioned become simpler because mm-hmm. you did that, that, that legwork on the actual company and where you want it to go ahead of time. So totally. big thing that I've been consulting for years and I see that a lot of people miss and, you know, they get in, they're just worried about, you know, the art or the making the money part or, you know, whatever it may be and kind of leave out the, Hey, this is a living, breathing thing and it needs mm-hmm. to totally. be able to be understood. You know, would you, oh, would, would you wait, say it's, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Eight. Mm. is I think to go after that too is it's okay to treat people really well. Like it's okay to like get everybody. We sent a bunch of DoorDash, you know, gift cards, to everybody to grab lunch. And it was like almost a grand, but like, I I think it's okay to be nice to people or to say, yeah, thanks. That, that you killed it. You know, that doesn't make you look any less of a manager or boss or whatever. Sorry, Marilla. I think the opposite is true. Um, and, and it goes along with that idea. So would you say, Ross, that the, the paradigm shift happens when, when it no longer just is about you, when it's about us, when it's about customers, when it's about the, the, pro, the quality of the work, it, it feels like to me that might be a bigger influence 100%. in it's capturing the, that. Yeah. I mean, it, this would be hard to explain very quickly, but it's building all that the right way is the things that you walk past. You don't notice it. It exists inherently within yourself, within the business and within the people mm-hmm. that, that work for it. It's, it's part of the fabric. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if that answers your question, but if you do it right, it's almost inherent right? It's mm-hmm. not something that has to be worked on or thought about or preached right. or it just is, it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what culture is. I don't think Google, you know, you don't go there and they've got their values written up on the wall. I don't think they need to. I don't think that they have their mission, their vision written on the wall. They've done such a good job developing it that it's passive. And that's what good culture is. It's just, it's a part of everyone's, that's theirs fabric. And so I think that once you get that, getting everything else that you want as a business, you know, to be productive, to make money, you know, to, to be happy. I mean, whatever, whatever it is that you're in business, why you're in business, what you're doing um, starts there. And and it, it all becomes much easier once that stuff's defined. Yeah, this has been a a really great conversation. I would say probably, I mean, what I gather kind of in summary is like in a large part, you know, whether it's software or automation, it all comes down to everybody has their main strengths. 
you know, there's the creative ones, there's the people people, there's the analytical, you know, people. And basically, you know, with like Printavo, I love the fact that that's offering, you know, more of an organized solution for shops that don't have that as a main strength and don't know where to start and what to do with that. Um, you know, an automated press, you know, gives, serves, you know, obviously high volume, but like also what if it's, what if you don't have a ton of volume, mm-hmm. but you're really great with design and selling and you don't want to spend eight hours printing a few hundred shirts. You want to, you know, be able to do that quickly and then move on and focus on your strengths. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I gather is the main the main key point is just kind of focusing on our strengths and leaning on software and automation to kind of help ease those pain points a little bit. For sure. I have a random question and it really is random, but it, it's specifically about Printavo. Um, pardon my ignorance with the software. I, I, I've never used it myself. However, my question is, is there any space in the software um, for people who are in the business of printing on demand? A little bit. It, it it wasn't fully designed originally for that. Um, mm-hmm. The foundation is there, and we do have a couple shops that do do that. That's cool. Um, but I think the one thing that, because we've actually, it's funny you bring this up, we've been having some pretty deep discussions around that, and we've actually went to go visit a shop up on the Wisconsin border that's got mm. you know a ton of uh, brothers set up there. And so... Um, it's close. It, it's close, but it requires a lot. And, and one thing, you know, I think Ross talked about this is like, what's the niche? Uh, we've really, really focused on kind of apparel f- first in a screen printing way. And then we're definitely going to add on the print on demand when we get there. But nice. um, with a limited team, just resources, you know, what what can we be really good at? I think we'd half-ass both if we if we went too early into that side, mm-hmm. but we are absolutely going to. It's just let's really nail this one down, right. really build out the workflow and set it up, and then be able to move over. I mean, we're trying to double the engineering team to from seven to fifteen this year, mm. um, and so part of that it will to help you know for the be the foundation here. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, how can people, I'm sorry, Chris, do you have a question, Tala? Sorry. Oh, no, that's exactly what I was going to ask. I was going to ask Go <laughs> Bruce, um, if our audience wants to follow you, how, how can we do that social media? What? Yeah. Um, just at Printavo on everything, pretty active on Instagram, YouTube, you know, it's just search for Printavo. It'll come up. Um, obviously you can always sign up for a free trial at Printavo.com. We will, our team will reach out right away. Um, I was just starting to ramble actually after, after your, uh, your, what are some quick things to, to give? And I, there's <laughs> a couple good. more that, that I'm was... starting to write down, but, yeah. um, like one thing is so many s- smaller shops I realize will, and even kind of medium sized shops will really not do the requesting hundred percent payment. And so mm-hmm. just nailing that, um, pricing is such a crazy thing. Like people keep prices forever the same and are afraid to raise it. And I think we all kind of are like afraid to touch pricing. You're a little bit scared of, Oh, what will the customer say? But there's regular increase in pricing in everywhere. Um, you know, in almost every utility that you purchase and you go to the grocery store, it's the same thing. Right. So it's not foreign to people. And, um, I think more having confidence around it and plus your costs are just going to increase as the business grows. So mm-hmm. that's the other thing. Anyway. Yes. Good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Really great advice. Um, so yeah, if you guys haven't checked out our rock registration system, we do still have a video on that's really nice video, like half an hour long, very well done. Um, but yeah, check it Adrian out. House. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but check it out. It's definitely a great new system that, you know, helps you register a lot faster and it's a cool new tool. 
Um, and then again, too, you guys lean on Printavo for, um, you know, helping you manage your workflow systems and all that stuff. And this has been this has been a great chat, you guys. Thanks. Thank thanks you so much for joining us, <laughs> yeah. both of you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, and one one quick misnomer, too, because I do get this question all the time. So I got to throw this in there at the end. Um, for those of you that have seen Printavo on a rock press on an iPad, the thing that holds it on the press, you can get on Amazon for like 20 bucks. So just look <laughs> yeah. up a magnetic iPad holder and you will find it. Cause I can't, I can't tell you, Bruce, how many times we've gotten that question. Like, do you guys sell the cool thing that holds the iPad to the rock? And it's like, I'm thinking we should just manufacture. Probably should, yeah. Yeah. There needs to be honestly. There should be a better one because a lot of them are really flimsy, and or like you know you have to be kind of careful with it. But Mm -hmm. you think definitely having one, but one that you can twist and take off really easily because you have to charge them at the end of the day, right? Unless there was USB that you can plug into and you just charge iPad right there. We do have USB R&D. ports on our press. I wonder if they charge. That would be a very interesting thing yeah. for me to figure then out. So you just gave me off. some homework. Awesome. <laughs> well, Bruce, thank you so much for joining us today. Tala, Meryl, as always, thank you both thank for you. joining us. For everyone listening, thank you for joining us. Um, very excited of being in our second year. Um, join us in the next two weeks uh, for another episode and uh, continue to press onward and rock on. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Big thanks to Bruce Ackerman of Printavo for joining us today. As always, thank you for spending time with us this week. Tune in at your convenience wherever you listen to your podcast by searching Rock Shop Talk. Our next episode will feature automating screen reclamation. If you'd like to request to be on the show, please visit rock.us slash rockshoptalk. If you found today's episode helpful, please recommend it to a friend who you think may find it helpful as well. Please like, share, and subscribe on social media. Until next time, rockers, press onward. Press onward.